Shadnuga Civics is sponsored by Relax Tax. Getting your taxes done by a real person is way better than using an automated website, but it can be hard to find time to actually meet with an accountant. That's why I'm excited to tell you about a fully virtual tax preparation service called Relax Tax by Sagan Financial Group. Just submit your tax information safely and securely online to be reviewed and processed by one of their tax specialists. No unnecessary appointments, phone calls completely on your schedule. And best of all, listeners of Chattanooga Civics get 10% off Relaxed Tax by Sagan Financial Group. Just go to relaxedtax.com. That's R-E-L-A-X-E-D-T-A-X.com and use coupon code CIVICS in the client intake form. Sagan Financial Group is a local Chattanooga business, and part of the proceeds will go directly to supporting this show. I'll put a link in the show notes, but again, that coupon code is CIVICS for 10% off relaxed tax by Sagan Financial Group. I would also like to thank my Patreon sponsors for supporting this show, especially the Marks family and Stephen Culp. And if you're interested in supporting the show, you can find out more at patreon.com slash chat civics. Brian Williams, uh, Mayor, uh, City of East Ridge. And Scott Miller, City Manager, City of East Ridge. Awesome. Thank you all for sitting down with us. Uh, I would like to start with just if you could provide a brief history of the city of East Ridge. How big is it? How many people live here? Well, uh, starting from the if you want to start from the beginning of the uh, history of East Ridge, uh, we've actually got uh, comprised quite a detailed list starting when it came from uh, the early known history was in 1840s. And we had uh, Presley Lomanac moved his family east of Missionary Ridge uh, and settled over here in, on a close to a stagecoach road, which ran between Chattanooga and Ringo. Um, later, it to be known as the, the Road to Ringo, which now we know it as Ringo Road. So that's how the history of Ringo Road, or the naming of that, came about. Um, it was a small rural area, but the population had started growing. And around the 1900s, there's about 200 people here um, and 40 registered voters. And so then there was an east side voting precinct that was set up over here. Um, so most was using horse and buggies back in the, in the 1900s. Uh, but people that wanted to, they walked to the top of Missionary Ridge and would catch a streetcar into Chattanooga. Mm. Uh, but in the 20s, Citizens here wanted to get more progressive, and they wanted to to get electric lights. To do that, they needed to charter a town in order to then ask, that, you know, to get the electric lights. So they assembled a mayor and four commissioners, and they created a uh, charter to incorporate the, the town, and then actually went to the legislation in Tennessee and... Um, in 1921, the Tennessee General Assembly passed a bill that actually uh, incorporated uh, the city of East Ridge. Actually, it was called the town of East Ridge at the time. And it took all the way from the 20, from 21 to 1963, and that's when it actually, they assumed the name and had a referendum in 1970 hmm. for the citizens to vote, and that's when it became the city of East Ridge. So a little, little history from how it started with the, the population and how it ended up becoming um, the city of East Ridge, and our main artery is in the White's name, Ringo Road. 
Awesome. So how many people live here now? So we have about 22,000 from the latest census okay. that, that are living in, in East Ridge um, and growing. Awesome. So I want to start out with a kind of civic overview of the structure of the city of East Ridge, how you all govern yourselves. And we'll start out with just an overview of y'all's council or commission. Uh, what do y'all call your representatives here? Uh, well, we call them council members because uh, we have male and female. Uh, so we have a mayor and we have four council members. Okay. That makes up our council body. And how long are their terms and are there any kind of term limits on those? So the terms are for four years. Uh, they're staggered. So the mayor and two council members are up for election mm-hmm. at one time. And then two years later, the other two are. So okay. it's not a mass re-election of the entire council body at, at one election. Right. It's split over, you know, two cycles. Right. Um, term limits, the way the charter was written was um, there, are, there are four term, their, their term limits are four years, but no member of the council shall serve more than 12 consecutive years as a okay. mayor, as a council member. But the charter went on to say that there is nothing in the charter that can be construed as having that to affect removing an incumbent from an office from a term that it's not been completed. And then the reason that I think they put that in there is there's several situations where um, the previous mayor prior to me and myself, I started out as a council member. Mm-hmm. And I was on the off cycle of the mayor election. So I started as a council member. Two years later, the mayor decided not to run for uh, re-election. So I ran for ran for mayor and I got elected. So I did not serve my complete four years as the mm-hmm. as in the first cycle of a council. So now I have served two years as two terms as mayor. I'm in the second one now. So that's a total of of um, eight. So I could technically run for mayor with two years left in this restriction. But it would give me 14 years because the right. charter also says it. You know, you're not going to be removed from office if the people elected you. Right. That's interesting. So That's it is kind of interesting. The way they wrote that charter yeah. was very, you know, they, they were thinking forward. They in that, saw that, in that coming. Manner. Yeah, they did. That's interesting. I guess that's um, a result of having those offset yes. elections. It's Correct. not something that would come up if you were, you know, like the city of Chattanooga. It's just every four years the whole council gets reelected or, or runs again. Um, and so and that's it's because still, of that staggering right. that you, you And I think that's that good provision. foresight from, from the forefathers of yes. that so you don't have a complete council body <clears throat> recycle, as you right. may call right. it. So there's some, there's some continuity there. So are these elections partisan? They are not. They're not. Nonpartisan. Nonpartisan elections. And are there districts or is every member at large? Every member is at large. Every member is at large. And the mayor is at large as well. So mm-hmm. it, it's a mayor and then the council members. So I know in some some cities you have the council body elected, then they appoint the mayor. Mm-hmm. In East Ridge, the mayor it runs. It's its own position. Own position and runs the election for that position. Right. So let's get into that then. So the mayor runs... At the same time as two of these other council members, it sounds like there's usually a lot of overlap between who is elected mayor and you said you served previously on council. Um, 
So what are the responsibilities of the mayor and how is it different from being a city council member? So the mayor, concerning the mayor versus a council member, there is no actual um, additional authority that the mayor carries by voting or uh, any business on the actual council. Mm-hmm. So I am one of five. Voters. So the mayor sits on the council and sits is a on voting the council. mayor. I actually the lead the council. I preside over all the meetings. Okay. So I conduct the meetings, um, set the agenda, uh, but I have no. I don't have any special powers mm-hmm. of vote. I do vote last. So since we have an odd number, you know, it could be a swing vote. You never know. But uh, I'd have no special special vote or veto or anything like that. That mm-hmm. don't have any of that. I'm one of five. Right. That, that votes. It's interesting. So I. My previous episode was with the city of Red Bank, and it sounds like a very similar role that you hold, the mayor of Red Bank and the mayor of Eastridge. You both sit on the council, or in their case, a commission, but you're a voting member. But here, it is a designated position that's voted on by the people rather than voted on by the council itself. Correct. Um, Interesting. So Now, I will say, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I will say that um, the first act of business after an election is we do appoint a vice mayor by the council. From the council. From okay. the council. And the vice mayor has no special uh, authority or anything either. However, in the absence of the mayor, whether they'd be unable to attend a meeting or sickness, God forbid death, then they would then assume the mayor role. Right. But that's an appointment, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a vice mayor in the event if they're needed to mm-hmm. fill in as uh, mm-hmm. to, to run a meeting or to fill in as the mayor. Right. So just to recap, the mayor serves as the chairperson for the council and leads the meetings and you vote, but you usually vote last. So, you know, you're a tiebreaker when needed. Um, are there any other responsibilities that are specific to the mayor's office? So um, the mayor uh, is is looked at as the chief executive officer of okay. the of the uh, city, where city manager is the chief administrative officer. So we'll talk about the city manager's position here in a little bit. But uh, so you know we 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 actually handle uh, the budgets that are presented to us by the administration. We review the budgets and we approve those. We actually then vote on legislation. So laws and legislation, um, ordinances and things like that, resolutions for the, the city. So that is the uh, responsibility, main responsibility of the, of the council body. Mm-hmm. And is, is the mayor then, as chief executive officer, is that a full-time role or is it still a kind of part-time role like city council? So they're all considered part-time. Uh, even though I can tell you it is a full-time position. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've run into that. Pretty much everybody I've talked to in every jurisdiction is yes. if you want to really represent the people, then it's going to be a full-time job. You, Yes. You make of it what you want, and I'm, I take pride in the city, and so it is a more than a full-time job. So you mentioned the city manager, who we also have sitting with us. So I want to get into to that role. What are the roles that the city manager plays in the day-to-day operation of the city? Okay, the city manager is the uh, chief administrative officer of the city when responsible for making sure that the services are provided by the various departments to the city residents, uh, following the rules and procedures, uh, policies, regulations, standards that are set by the city council, 
carry out uh, their projects and their uh, uh, assignments, make sure that that work is done. Uh, pretty much responsible for the overall administration of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed, supervised the administration of the departments pretty well. Have department directors that are fairly competent in their areas, police, fire, streets, finance, HR, etc. They all know what they need to do, so I don't necessarily need to micromanage them. Mm-hmm. However, I'm there if they need my assistance, if they need my help, uh, if they need somebody to make a call to break a barrier or to give them f- more formal direction on where to go on a certain issue, I'm there to assist them. Uh, attend all council meetings uh, with the right to take part in discussion, but I never have the opportunity to vote. That's their, that's their uh, responsibility. Uh, ensure that all laws, provisions of the charter, and acts of the council are followed. Uh, prepare and submit an annual budget to the council every year. Uh, report on the finances and all the administrative activities of the city, what's going on uh, from both the federal government, the state government, as well as our local partners. Uh, inform the council on a monthly basis as to the financial condition and the future needs of the city. And uh, I also take care of uh, hiring and firing all uh, employees of, this, of mm-hmm. the city, except for the municipal court clerk, who is, a, who is actually elected by the, by the residents. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work for the council and make sure that uh, uh, their tasks and their rules and their procedures are all followed and that their services are being provided to the residents. So most of my listeners are most familiar with the city of Chattanooga. And so what you're describing is in, in Chattanooga, we operate under what's called a strong mayor system. And yes, sir. It's similar. Again, I just interviewed in Red Bank and they use a city manager system, which all these executive uh, and administrative facilities are handled by the city manager rather than the elected mayor. Correct. Um, providing perhaps some benefits. What do you think the, the differences between these two systems and and what kind of role do you play that an elected official? Well, I don't play a role as an elected official. I'm an administrator. Right. So I, How, my, my job as appointed city manager is to make sure the city is run. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about a strong mayor form of government you're looking at, an elected official that serves both as a chief executive officer and administrative officer mm-hmm. of the city. Um, I believe city manager form of government, uh, I believe that that uh, uh, has a real purpose and a function. However, the strong mayor form of government serves well wherever the community pretty well accepts that form of government. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, many cities, larger cities, are run with a strong mayor form of government. Others, major cities are run uh, with a strong mayor, but with a city manager uh, operating on the administrative side. Mm-hmm. So they both work. We both obtain results. Right. And we both are responsible for the services that are rendered to the public. Mm-hmm. So how is the city manager chosen here in East Ridge? What's that process like? Well, usually uh, when the position is open, they will uh, advertise uh, nationally for or locally for mm-hmm. a, uh, an individual that has experience and qualifications and education uh, as a city manager. Education would probably be a master's degree 
uh, or could be a master's degree in urban executive management or public administration, uh, experience uh, working uh, various departments, police, fire, public works, streets, park and recreation, and in some instances, uh, if you've got uh, utilities, water, sewer, gas, uh, electric, I've worked all those systems over my 40 plus years as a city manager, uh, except for gas, never had gas before. I've had all the other utilities. So uh, based on experience, based on your accomplishments, based on your past references, mm -hmm. uh, they, the council would uh, uh, go out <clears throat> and seek uh, uh, resumes for the open position and then go through, uh, whittle through the uh, uh, the resumes that are submitted and come up with their top uh, maybe five or ten individuals that they feel uh, meet the criteria that they have established and then have a one-on-one -on -one interview uh, with the uh, applicants. That's important. You need to mm -hmm. have, you can have all the experience in the world, but you have to have that ability to be able to click with the, with the, uh, uh, with the governing body. Right. And then once those interviews take place, I, I presume the city council has a vote. Yeah, the city the city yes. council would then make a make a motion to uh, uh, to hire uh, uh, an individual that they have selected mm -hmm. uh, as the city manager, and then they would enter into negotiation for for a contract, at least for the the uh, monetary and economic benefits that would be associated with that position, mm -hmm. and uh, go from there. So as city manager, you could, in theory, move through several different councils. Yes, you could, depending on, on how long you've been there. Uh, I think the longest I've, uh, I've served uh, numerous cities over 40 years in various states. The longest I've been in a city is nine and a half years, and I went through various councils. Mm -hmm. uh, same there. However, uh, in some last city, I one city I served in for eight years, uh, I went through a different mayor every year because the mayor wow. was actually appointed from within. Mm -hmm. So every year I had a different mayor to deal with. Right. That's a, that's a lot to adjust to every year. It can be because every, every person has a different uh, way that they want to do things. Some mm -hmm. feel like, I don't want to get involved. You run the city. Others want to get deeply involved right. in the process of being a mayor. So uh, I would prefer working for, uh, over the years, I think I've, I've come to the conclusion that I'd rather work for an elected mayor. That way you, you, you uh, develop that bond between the two of you and uh, you can work on that and capitalize on that throughout right. the years. Right, provides a lot of stability. And that provides uh, a lot of uh, continued services and, and being on the same page in regard to uh, a lot of issues and a lot of challenges that you uh, have to face. Mm -hmm. And and Scott was on, uh, he was the city manager when I was elected in 2016 um, as a council member. And then um, two years into that, when I actually ran for mayor, um, Scott decided he wanted to retire. Um, and I understand that. Um, and so then he retired. Um, we had the council interviewed uh, another candidate and um, a, appointed a new city manager. And the, they actually served for almost three years, I believe it was, and then they resigned. And at that point, um, I reached out to, to Scott to see if he'd like to come out of retirement. And um, I think he'd kind of missed the 
the day to day and enjoyed what was going on. He was still a resident in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, graciously decided to come back on a temporary basis. And then that temporary became permanent. And uh, we're excited to have him back. Um, so the council has two positions that they oversee. Mm-hmm. And that is the city manager and the city attorney. Okay. So we appoint, hire, appoint, however you like to word that, those two positions. And then, as Scott mentioned, the, then the city manager manages the administration. Mm-hmm. So he has all the department heads, every employee report up through him. He has the hiring, firing, reviewing, and, and all that. And I and the council that we have takes that very seriously because, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a line in the charter that we – they report to us, these two individuals, and then everyone else reports to the city manager. So I respect his position and you know, and not try to circumvent and dictate down to department heads and to employees. That is his responsibility to manage. And if um, he has a, a problem, he'll bring it to us. Or if we have a concern, we'll ask him. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of oversight of kind of department head level Positions. So in the city of Chattanooga, the mayor is responsible for appointing several positions, chief of police, uh, fire chief, city engineer. But some of those positions are listed in the charter as being subject to council approval. Is there anything like that in East Ridge? It's all there is not. No. With the city manager. City manager, yeah. city manager uh, makes those final appointments. Yes, sir. Right. All right. Well, that's a, a really great kind of civic overview of, of the city. I want to move into kind of the more day-to-day operations, what y'all are doing for the citizens here. And and I want to start with something that's kind of unique to Eastridge. Y'all are designated as part of a Tennessee border region district, and that comes with several state tax benefits. So I was wondering if you could explain what that district is a little bit, how it impacts the city of Eastridge, and, uh, you know, what that means for Eastridge going forward. So um, back in 2012... Um, a piece of legislation uh, was considered and passed at the, at the state level, state legislation, that um, allowed a, um, a state tax benefit for the, the sales tax that was offered to border cities. So any city that bordered an exterior state, um, and there's a few other requirements, they had to have a major uh, interstate thoroughfare through, the, through that city, um, but it was designed to enhance, um, and we'll talk about the benefits that can be offered and that are um, utilized for economic development um, just in a second. But there were three cities that applied for that once that that piece of legislation passed early on. Um, the state realized that this could be a, a, a big um tax benefit to the cities, but would reduce the state sales tax collection. So they quickly sunset the actual bill. Hmm. So it was only out there maybe a year or less. One year. And so with it being sunset, in other words, stopped, um, we challenged us and two other cities, challenged the fact that we got entered, our name entered into the, to the, for the request prior to being sunset. So they allowed three cities to be considered as border region cities, and um, then no more. So there's only three in the state, wow. and East Ridge is one of them. So the, the, the benefit of the border region 
is it allows, uh, it's a set boundary. We're allowed 950 acres uh, within the city. So we built a map, and I know people can't see it, but we've got a map here in front that we're showing you uh, of where we design or where, where the previous, this is not me, this is previous administration or council, uh, designated the border region, di border region district. So it actually mainly runs up and down Ringo Road, mm -hmm. the business corridor. So this was designed to enhance and develop, um, bring in additional economic dollars, development. Uh, primarily, I'll just call it out, Bass Pro. That was the founding event mm -hmm. that all, there's also had to be an event, um, a large event, that triggered the actual border region incentive as well. So that was Bass Pro for their commitment into the city. I think it was ten, uh, ten million, ten million dollars worth of uh, gross sales. Gross sales. So, so down in, in Jordan Crossing, where now you're seeing tremendous growth around Bass Pro. You got Bass Pro. You've got the Chick Fil A. You've got <laughs> Top Golf. Yeah, uh, you know Twin Peaks recently come in. You got Axe. I mean, there's so many. Buddy's Barbecue and so many other businesses that have came in around that facility, that that area. But you're also seeing it trickle up and down uh, Ringo Road. We now have Southern Honda Power Sports. We've got Pandora, uh, European Motorcycles. We've got a brand new $15 million food city on the West End. We've also got someone that recently purchased the Osborne Plaza up there across from uh, the, where the old food city was, and they're going to renovate that entire both sides of the road, and this is all due to the border region uh, incentive. So what that is is the the state portion of the sales tax collection for every dollar that's sold can be used as a reimbursement to incentivize new development hmm. in our city. So they allowed, they still kept 25% of the state portion, but they allowed 75% of that, which is 4.125% on every dollar. That is the state portion, 75% of the state portion. So they're allowing that to come back to incentivize a new development, economic mm -hmm. development. So let's say, for instance, Champies. You know, they come in and they actually spend X amount of dollars buying the property, tearing it down, the old Shoney's, building their new building. Um, we entered into an, an incentive agreement with them because this is all funneled through the city. Mm -hmm. So we entered into an a, um, incentive agreement with them that we give them X amount of percentage of the sales tax collected, the state sales tax collected, to, in, to reimburse them for their expenses. Mm -hmm. So it is very profitable for them to get a return on their investment. So instead of them in, incurring 100% of all of the expenses and only being able to recover their profitability of their markup, they're now getting some state portion of the sales tax of every dollar they sell in that store mm -hmm. can come back to them um, in an annual basis. Is that in perpetuity or is there any kind of time limit on this? Or So when the legislation was written, there was a, there's two, um, two deadlines. One was the investment period, mm -hmm. which ends in 2027. We got a five-year extension. It was going to end in 2022, but the legislation a few years ago extended it. So the investment period, in other words, all the expenses has to be spent in the receipts collected and then submitted to the city of East Ridge for us to submit to the state mm -hmm. by 2027. 
the payout goes through 2047. Okay. So there's another 22, years. 23 years of payout. So either they're going to be completely paid back from how it's all based on performance. So it depends on how many sales they have. Right. Um, so, you know, if they got all their investment paid back, great. If not, it would end in 2047. So you mentioned receipts. So they show you, hey, we spent $15 million on this facility. They're eligible to get all of that reimbursed, or is there some kind of cap of percentage of? No cap. So they submit, if it's $15 million, then they bring all those receipts to us. We collect those. We then in turn send those off to the state. Mm -hmm. And then are banked. I call it, they're banked at the, at right. the state level, $15 mm -hmm. million. So they start ringing the register, and they're making sales in their store. So at the end of the year, the state knows how much sales tax they've collected, mm -hmm. and then they give them the 75% or hang on. They give it to the city. They send the city, you know, a, a check for everything. We have to then go in and then disperse individually out. That's why we are managing right. it. So we take a, a small percentage of the actual amount given back. So we enter, remember we saying we have an incentive agreement. So mm -hmm. we may do 70, 30. Uh, so they keep, we keep 30% for the overhead and manage, management of it, and then we give them 70% of it. So when they've determined the amount of sales tax collected, then the state will send us that amount, mm -hmm. and then we'll deduct whatever the, the percentage split, and then we'll give them a check for the for the for that annually. Right. So in theory, if a business does enough sales, they could get their entire in theory, if they do starting sales, costs. And much one of the things we ask for when we actually sit down with them to discuss the the agreement is we want a performa. What is right. your expected expenses and what is your expected revenue sales tax collection sales tax. over the next twenty two mm -hmm. years. So we can work with them to give them a, an idea and a vision of what they can expect the return is. Mm -hmm. And it can be massive mm -hmm. uh, reimbursement that they wouldn't get in any other location. Right. That's why we're seeing Bass Pro here. That's why we're yeah, seeing Top Golf landing very here. Powerful that's why we're tool. seeing things land in East Ridge that are not in other areas right. in Hamilton County. So you mentioned that the city of East Ridge takes a portion of that to cover the administrative costs. Um, does the city get to keep any of that money for, for other costs, you know, to provide enhanced public services or anything like exactly. that? Exactly. That as well. We use it predominantly for major projects that we're working on, infrastructure projects. For example, uh, back in 2016 and 17, we did a reconfiguration of Ringgold Road and I-75. That was a $6 million project. That is paid for under the border region dollars that we collect right. now until 2047. We're just going to start embarking on March 1st on the road widening and enhancements of North Max Smith Road, north of Ringgold Road, eventually to take it into the Gateway Project where the stadium is. That first op, that first phase was awarded to Adams contracting in the amount of $2.3 million. That amount is going to be paid for under the border region dollars. We're looking at uh, working with an architect right now to do a multi-purpose uh, pavilion behind City Hall and the community center of 12,000 square feet with the wonder construction, uh, hopefully this summer or this fall on that project. Total 
is probably about $6.4 million. Mm -hmm. That one will be paid for under the border region dollars wow. that we have collected. So we are putting the money back into the community of our share wow. of it. So, uh, yeah, using very little, of any, of it for municipal services. Uh, this is to help us build our infrastructure to be able to serve the areas and to be able to serve our residents. Right. So it's all be news for capital improvement exactly. rather than operating costs. Exactly. Um, yes, sir. It's a very powerful tool, it sounds like. And we're utilizing it in, um, in Camp Jordan mm -hmm. to enhance yes. recreational opportunities. Right. right. Um, we've done several phase uh, updates in Camp Jordan. Um, we just done a, a feasibility study and impact study we're working on and showing that, you know, the utilization of Camp Jordan is just amazing. The volume of families, children, sport events, activities, and things that are going on in Camp Jordan is just is amazing. And so we, we take pride in it. We want to keep it maintained and updated. Right. Um, so we're constantly, awesome. we're constantly looking at enhancing and expanding our infrastructure to be able to provide these services, mm -hmm. as well as to be able to provide the venues to bring people to the city of Eastridge. When we bring people to the city of Eastridge for major soccer tournaments, major uh, uh, baseball tournaments for a weekend, a three-day, we're talking about sales tax that are being generated in our restaurants and our hotels, mm -hmm. our hotel-motel tax, our participating taxes, not to mention the people coming here to be able to view the attractions that Chattanooga has to offer, mm -hmm. being uh, up on Signal Mountain, up Lookout Mountain, Ruby Falls, uh, the aquarium, all these places where people say, hey, let's go here and let's visit while we're there. Right. We get an awful lot. So if we can put what we call is put heads in beds and maximize the services uh, through sport sporting venues held at Camp Jordan, mm -hmm. the overall economies of scale are going to be outside of just East Ridge. It will include Chattanooga as well as Hamilton County. You know, local municipalities only have two, uh, two um, venues for collection of, of dollars, and that is sales tax or property tax. Mm -hmm. um, so when we have increased sales tax collection, um, hotel motel tax, it helps keep the property tax steady and low. And, you know, we as a city of East Ridge, it's been over the past 12 to 15 years, we've only had one tax increase. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're proud of that. We, we hated when we had to do it, but it was during some uh, trying the, times. Trying times, uh, pre and post COVID. But anyway, um, we're, we're proud to, to keep, still be one of the lowest taxed municipalities in Hamilton County. Mm -hmm. And it's due to some sell, a lot of sales tax collection we're able to generate. Right. So I got one more question about yes. the Border Region District before we move on. Uh, you mentioned it's active through 2027, you said? The investment, right? investment period. Investment period. So every dollar spent by these businesses that are party to these agreements through 2027 is eligible for reimbursement and then start in 2028, the door shuts? and the door shuts. Okay. But uh, you continue to reap the benefits of the sales tax collection through 2047. Right. 
for every every dollar spent in their in their establishment, uh, they'll get a portion of that back too. Right. And, and again, it's performance based, so they double and triple their sales tax collection. Then their return is going to double and triple. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to move on and, and open it up a little bit and talk, you know, what are some other key issues facing the city of Eastridge? What, what are the things that you're thinking about on a, on a daily basis, weekly basis? You want to run with that one? You want me to? Uh, oh, you can start. <laughs> <laughs> well, like most cities, I don't think we're, we're not um, immune to crime, um, you know, social issues, um, the runaway drug scene with fentanyl and other drug um, that are going around. Um, so, you know, we're dealing that with, with all other, other cities along with, you know, our city is growing. Uh, we've got a lot of amenities, a lot of things going. So we're seeing residential neighborhoods becoming more dense and being, we are landlocked, even though we do have quite a few acres um, that are being developed for townhomes. Um, so, you know, we're getting more dense. In fact, I think we are classified as the, the one of the, the densest cities, densest in, the cities in the state of Tennessee. Um, so that's in traffic congestion. Uh, we all know what's going on in 2475, but we also are doing some updates to our stormwater infrastructure along Ringo Road, mm. phase one. Um, a lot of individuals are... They see these th- the sidewalks. It's 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 more than sidewalks. The intent is to control and contain stormwater runoff. Mm-hmm. Sidewalks is just a top dressing on top above all the infrastructure that's being put in underneath the ground that right. people aren't seeing. You're tearing it up already, so you may as well put it back better than you found it. That's right. Exactly. We've had no drainage on very limited drainage, if any, in certain areas on Ringle Road. Wow. So when you're talking about the Bachman Tunnels and heading east from there down to Marlboro, where the big church stands, uh, that's a 180-foot foot drop, 185-foot drop. And you don't realize And that. there's very little drainage, so all that water's running somewhere. So yeah. what we are doing is uh, we're, we're eventually be putting storm drainage in under a multimodal project that we're getting funding, 75-25% funding from the state uh, <clears throat> on both sides. We've got phase one that's going to be completed in June of this year, and then we'll have another two phases, which will take it uh, from Wheeland all the way up to the tunnels eventually over mm-hmm. the next five to ten years. Uh, but that will be able to carry the water, get it off of the roads, get it off <coughs> of the, out of the businesses, uh, put it where it needs to be, and then sidewalks are going on top of it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's the overall project. Uh, Sounds great. Um, are there any other kind of big projects that you all are working on? You said you're always improving Camp Jordan, and I know that's a big economic yes. driver. And <clears throat> We have uh, one project that we're working on right now is about a $1.5 million project. <clears throat> which would be replacing uh, the roof over our 54,000-square-foot arena, mm-hmm. uh, putting some uh, new lighting systems on four of our soccer fields, and then replacing some lighting on some other ones, replacing some generators, and uh, uh, I think that's about it. It doesn't take much to get to $1.5 no, million. Dollars. 
that will be bonded out over a period of 20 years, but the bonded indebtedness will be paid for the increase money coming in on the hotel motel tax. Mm. So none of that debt service is going to be paid for out of sales taxes or property taxes of our yep. general public. Right. Yep. It's all going to be paid for the hotel motel tax, which is substantially uh, increasing over the years. Right. Uh, and that makes sense because those two things are pretty exactly. tightly related. Exactly. People right. using Camp Jordan are the coming for out-of-town tournaments. And yes, exactly. We are very diligent in utilizing where the money comes from to spend it back in that area. So to your point, people were coming in and for some of these overnight events and these weekend and week-long tournaments that are spending nights in our hotels, we want to return that money back into what generated it. Right. So the hotel motel tax, we don't spend that on other things. We try to reinvest that where the source came from. Um, you'd already mentioned about the pavilion. Yes. The awesome pavilion yes. that we're going to be, where we've actually got, I've got architecture, some, some designs right here. Just came in this week about it. We're also upgrading our community center. We've got a $1.2 million, and half that's going to be uh, a grant from TDEC. Yes. Uh, LPRF grant, so we're going to be spending uh, $1.2 million. Uh, half of that is our ex- expense to upgrade uh, the community center. And that half, that $600,000, which will be our expense, are going to be Board of Region dollars. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Putting it back into the community. So, yeah. uh, then we're actually looking at, uh, we're doing a uh, environmental study and structural study on McBride School. So right behind us is an old school that was abandoned by Hamilton County Department of Education, and we have we the owner of that property now, uh, and so we're looking at uh, reno- renovating it uh, or tearing it down. Whatever comes back from this study, whether it is structurally sound, and we in the council decides that they want to renovate it or if they want to doze it and build something new, but we're maxing out our, our police service center, uh, police fire service center out here on Ringo Road. Um, it's been... Uh, They've maxed it out probably a decade ago or longer. So we need some additional space for the police and then allow the fire to take that entire building over on Ringo Road. Uh, and we also were looking at, um, it had a, it had a um, auditorium, theater in it. I'd like to see that be renovated. We have no place in the city of Eastridge for any creative arts and being doing any kind of theaters or plays or anything from the, the, the school could do or any other um um, club or uh, we we spoke with Art Build here there in Chattanooga. We've talked to several other um, entities, and uh, we would like to, to see it become possibly you know a creative arts design location or uh, a business incubator. So we're very very interested in in, in the arts and uh, business incubator to bring to bring and help incentivize and, and work with, uh, you know, new businesses or the, or the arts. Awesome. There's a lot going on. Yes, they are. One other thing that we're going to start on in another week is uh, we have contracted the services of uh, Victus Advisors out of Park City, Utah, to come in and do a sports facility feasibility study uh, on Camp Jordan Park to look at what venues we could bring in to get full optimization of that park and what that would entail. What would we need to bring in? What would we need to build? Uh, This is a project that we 
working with uh, Hamilton County on in regard to the study uh, to find out what what venues are would be available if we were to enhance our facilities out there. Mm-hmm. So that study will be kicked off the 25th and the 26th of this month, and we would be expecting a final report back in 16 weeks mm-hmm. after that. Kind of give us a blueprint to shoot for for the future of Camp Jordan. Right. So... Most of my listenership is based out of the city of Chattanooga. Like I said, this podcast has been focused on the city of Chattanooga for for three years. And so I'm curious, what is Eastridge's relationship with the city of Chattanooga? You've already mentioned the the economic kind of synergy that's there. Mm -hmm. Y'all bring people for tournaments and things at Camp Jordan, and that economic benefit is spread throughout all of Hamilton County, not just uh, here in Eastridge, but... How do you all work together with the city of Chattanooga on other issues? Uh, I would say our police and fire work extremely well. Uh, we have we share a common border, which is uh, uh, I-24, R-75, uh, North, uh, North Terrace and South Terrace. Uh, whenever we have uh, uh, chemical spills, I think we had two of them in 2023, mm-hmm. nasty ones. We work hand in hand with both our police and our fire uh, with Chattanooga. We've got a, a fantastic working relationship there, both the police police and fire side uh, in working together in times of crisis. Uh, otherwise, uh, we work together on other type of issues on an as-need basis. Um, I think we're going to try to build that in the future. We're, mm-hmm. we're starting to, uh, to, to meet uh, with uh, Chattanooga in regard to uh, issues of, of parks, issues of homelessness, things along that line uh, that uh, kind of uh, border both Chattanooga and East Ridge, mm-hmm. how we can work together to deal with these, these common problems. As the, as the mayor side of the house, uh, I agree with Scott on everything that we're doing, working administrative-wise, but on the, the mayor side... We, too, have been working together closely. Toward the end of Mayor Burke's term, um, we started engaging, and um, Mary Kelly has continued that. And we have regional and local mayor meetings mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis. And that also brings in Mayor Womp from Hamilton County and other local and regional mayors. And we, we sit down and we talk about our concerns and we talk about our issues and happenings and provide updates going on in our city. So I think those are very beneficial um, to to talk across municipality lines, how we can help and assist. I've hosted some here in East Ridge. Mayor Kelly's hosted some. Mayor Womp's hosted some. So I, we we work very well together as a as a community uh, and cross community. Um, so we're very excited about what's going on in Chattanooga as well as East Ridge as well as Hamlin County because to your point, we share when we have big events in East Ridge. There's overflow that's going to go out into Hamilton County and go out into Chattanooga. And likewise, mm-hmm. when there's events at the convention center, there'll be people staying in East Ridge. So, you know, it, it's not, you can't stay closed-minded in just East Ridge. It is, it is the entire region and community. You know, we work cl- great together, and if, if one fails, it impacts the other. So we have a great relationship.
Does Eastridge uh, have any relationship with CARTA for public transportation? Is that something that you all yes, we have do. explored? Yes, we do. Uh, we developed a partnership with them back in 16, 17, and 18 when I was here. Uh, my first time as city manager, uh, uh, expanded some of the bus transportation lines. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we did bring in was the ride Call for rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, ride share, not ride share. Um, car to care. Car to care. That's it. That's as well as calling for rides for for pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's worked out very well within the within the community. We actually will pick up our our part of what we need to pay to continue that service mm-hmm. to our residents in East Ridge. So we had a grant, um, and this may have been when you were here the first time where we actually were having a, a true bus line running through yes. East Ridge. And that was great. And and it was it was a grant, so it wasn't as expensive as it would have been if we didn't have the grant. But what we were noticing and what we were seeing was you're having majority, probably 75, 80%, 90% of the bus was empty. So when we when the grant ran out, we evaluated that and we still wanted to provide service. But then we moved into this car to cares program. Mm-hmm. So it is as as Scott mentioned, it's as needed. So whenever so we're not paying for something that's not used. So now whenever citizens need ride a ride, they can contact CARTA. They will come out, pick them up, take them to the doctor, take them wherever they need to go, and the city subsidizes that. So mm-hmm. it's a very minimal cost for our resident. So that seems to have been the better answer than having a mainline route running that's empty. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else that you all want to cover or mention, or where can we find out more about East Ridge and everything that's going on here? Well, uh, they can call. Uh, we've got our website. It's yeah, eastridgetn.gov. Um, Camp, uh, Camp Jordan, they can get a, a link off of it to see all the activities. There's a calendar that shows everything that's going on we're kicking off you know softball baseball soccer we're getting ready for spring uh even though it's freezing now and it's winter but we're <laughs> getting prepared for it there's indoor activities going on now with indoor soccer and indoor soccer going on it's uh you know it's it was 275 acres down there we had acquired additional 55 so you're looking over three over 300 acres of, of park with a two mile walking track there's a lot of amenities if if people listen to this haven't been there i i I asked them, challenged them to come look at it. We just had a $250,000 grant from Tennessee American Water. Then we built a a pier on our uh, pond, Dickard Pond. So we've seen people out there fishing and uh, around the arena, and it's just we're excited about what's going on in East Ridge. And I appreciate this opportunity for you to come and sit down with us. Yeah, thank you for for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. Find more civic resources at chattanoogacivics.com. Chattanooga Civics is a member of the Podnooga Network. To find more great podcasts from local creators, find Podnooga on Facebook and Instagram or on the web at podnooganetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Proud member of the Podnooga Network.